Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel, and I have a special guest. Oh, uh, I'm David Dewalt, Community Manager at Sienna.com and co-host of Community Manager Live, a weekly live chat with com other community managers. Uh, I guess that's you know, pretty much it. Yeah, we'll get into all that, but uh, you know, it's funny, David, is I've seen you on Twitter and LinkedIn, I think, probably mostly on Twitter. And you invited me to be on one of your podcasts around, or I guess uh, live shows uh, around how to podcast and things like that. And I was like, you know, and you, you mentioned you never had me on your podcast, Chris. I was like, no, I haven't. I, I really, you know, <laughs> so. What, what makes it bad is, and I, the reason I kind of rave you about it is that we both lived in Raleigh, basically in the Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina area. Uh, so we totally could have met in person and, and done something. Uh, that's, that's kind of why I rave you about it, but you know, COVID hit, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I live in Dallas, so I've, I don't live in Raleigh. I've never lived there. I thought there. you did. I thought no, you did. No, no. I've been out there, okay. but just haven't, uh, I don't live there, but yeah. Well, that was my bad then. No, but you know, I find, so when I first started this peers over beers, uh, it was just a buddy of mine and, We'd, I'd go over to his house and have beers and we would just have these really cool mics. He wasn't on video. Um, and we would have cheese and meats and bread. And I don't know, he did this whole, whole thing, you know, and I was like, great. <laughs> you know, so it's to me hanging out with a peer talking about community management anyway. So I digress a little bit. Well, um, you know, I digress a lot. So, you know, if you want to keep me on track, that's good. Um, you know, but something that intrigued me that, I think it was last week when you were having this conversation about, um, you know, some of the stuff around your community and, and how you used to build community from scratch. Uh, and we've had, we've, I've had a lot of people on my podcast and just in general talk a lot about, you know, maybe blogs written about how to build a community from ground up. And, you know, today, you know, but you mentioned that, you know, I started going to companies, you specifically, David, is mm -hmm. going to companies that already had existing communities um, and that you had to kind of inherit the things that somebody else did and then, you know, start managing uh, those types of communities. So I'm intrigued um, to hear more. Maybe you can start from, you know, we, we had a pre-show, a very slight pre-show around, you know, how you started communities, et cetera. So tell me about that experience from building from ground up all the way to where you're at today? Yeah. Uh, so my very first, first community I built from the ground up, it was for a video game called Dungeon Siege um, that was produced by Microsoft and a company called Gas Powered Games. And um, I back in 1998, uh, sometime in... Wow, December, how old are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm 52. So, uh, so yes. So back in 98, I decided to start a fan site for this game. And um, so I, I threw it up. It, and if you know me online, uh, my my kind of nom de plume, if you will, is historian. And it's because of that website. It was called the Dungeon Siege Historian. And the, the goal of the ah. website was to just track it as it went through development. Because we found out about it before, just as they started, like, working on it. And it wasn't until, like, I think it was three years later, maybe two years later, that it actually released. So we followed it from 
in conception, all the trickles of information that came out about it all the way through. And over time, as I would post, I would post as admin. But people would just say, oh, go to the historian. The historian knows. The historian this. and the Oh, the historian made a post. And so the historian kind of stuck. Uh, and I haven't <laughs> gotten pretty rid cool. of it. I like it. Yeah. So um, and that's why I'm a historian on Twitter. Uh, but anyway, so I started this site. So the quickly, it's yeah. funny. Whenever you asked me to be on your podcast or whatever, the, uh -huh. you sent me a message through historian. I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen this stuff. Like, I don't really know who who's this guy or person right. behind this. And so I had to look it up. So anyways. But you know what? I'm I'm historian on LinkedIn. Yeah. Too. So you can go to LinkedIn.com slash in slash historian and you get me. Um, and you know, yeah. uh it was it was really I really did well until with that name. I mean, that was it. If you said historian online, you would find me. Um, mm -hmm. up until there was a book that came out called The Historian. Uh it was a vampire book of all things. And it it was very popular at the time. Yeah. And uh so uh, yeah. I got demolished by that, <laughs> so, but uh, it, you know, you, you live with it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, a little hurtful. Yeah, Go so, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was mad. Uh, you know, it's all right. But uh, so uh, I used to have thehistorian.org as my website um, because the .com was taken um, and that kind of thing. Now it's just my name, DavidTWall.com. Uh, but anyway. Uh, you know, I, I started that community, built it from the ground up. Uh, at the time, GameSpy, which is now IGN, said, hey, you're doing a great job. How about we host it for you under mm -hmm. our Planet RPG, which is role-playing games? Um, and so I became, you know, Dungeon Siege Historian under Planet RPG. And then eventually the site, you know, had another site merge into us there. And then our site got bigger again when we became planet dungeon siege which was completely ign you know type thing so it just grew uh it lasted the the website lasted for the 14 years until ign wow. shut them down um i left it after about eight years and it just continued running on and at that time you know there wasn't a name for community management and so the title that i kind of gave myself was community liaison which nice. isn't that far off yeah it's close um, yeah so, but now uh, it's corporatized manager, yeah, senior manager, manager <laughs> senior manager, exactly. director, exactly, uh, uh, chief community officer. Yeah. Hello. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So now it's it's formalized. But I built that from the ground up. So that's kind of where um, my bread and butter. If you ever, if you if you know Rich Millington as a community yeah. manager that at Fever B, same story. He started a fan site for a video game, turned it into mm. a career. So. Uh, you know, it's the path that a lot of early, early community managers took. They they worked for video games and then they turned it into a career. Some of them still work in the video game industry. Some of Brian Oblinger, he did that. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I mean, his In Before the Lock uh, podcast, In Before the Lock is, is a gamer term, which means mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm going to get my comment in before the moderator comes in and locks this thread because it's off topic, <laughs> inappropriate. So In Before the Lock. Mm -hmm. um, huh. I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting. Yes. Yeah. So in before the lock, um, that's where that came from. I'm sorry. I, I took that, Brian, if you ever have never explained that to anybody, I just did. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> ground up, I built it. It's how a lot of our early community managers got our start was fan communities for something that turned into something bigger. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we just made it bigger. Uh, and I did that for a lot of years. I'd go to a company and kind of start a community from nothing, which means interacting with all of the departments within the company, yep. finding out who, you know, my stakeholders are, what their needs were from the community, what they could offer the community in exchange for what they wanted. Um, and just figure out the best way to build it up. You know, is it around the products? Is it around yeah. uh, use cases? How do you do it? And just figuring that all out. And I realized that while, you know, I did have a stint as a community manager early in days of taking over an existing community, um, it was different because it was video yeah. games and it's a lot different than, you know, corporatized stuff, like you said. Yeah. Uh, so I realized I had this gap in my my skill set of not being able to take over um, an existing community and work with it. And I've had uh, some successes and I've definitely had a failure. Um, yep. You know, I can absolutely say that where I wasn't successful and I didn't. Talk about the failure more. I'm, I'm interested. So I won't name the company, but it was an existing community and yep. um, I was hired in and just the way that it was structured. Um, one department kind of owned the platform itself. So I didn't have a lot of control over what I could do hmm. as far as changing things and making them better. Um, and, you know, I didn't have a lot of good, I mean, it was just, it was just a role that wasn't in the right department is basically what it was is I, I was a community manager, but the community manager position was in one department when it really should have been in another. And I was really ineffective um, it was hard to show my success because I couldn't change things a lot to improve them. So it really turned into this glorified moderator position where I just kept mm. the community clean and couldn't do anything. And eventually, you know, you could say that it was poor performance on my part that got me let go. You could say what they said, which was, hey, we're reorganizing and your position has been <laughs> eliminated. Well, I mean, what's the lesson learned? I mean, I, I already learned um, the lesson, but what, what... you know try to own the platform as a community manager, at least have a yeah. strong say in what it, what you can do with it. Um, you know, you should be the bottom line. And where I am today at Siena, um, we have kind of a cohort of people that are involved with our my Siena community, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's myself who kind of manages the community, quote unquote. And yeah. I kind of own, from a corporatized sense, I kind of am the product owner of the yep. community, but we also have the knowledge team that's in there and they have their piece in the community that they manage and they handle. We've got the learning, you know, team, our, our, uh, that would be, you know, uh, what some people would call training is in there and they have a piece academy and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And they have their piece and they manage that. And, and, you know, so, but you know, when the buck stops, if it's, if it's a the look and feel change of the website, if it's a functionality change that impacts, kind of my area, then I have kind of say in there and I can say, I don't like that or I like that, but let's change this. Yeah. Um, a good example is that, um, you know, we have uh, customer success in our community and they're looking to ramp up some events. And the component that we use in our community for events is not good. So, uh, hmm. but and it was on my roadmap to fix. You know, it's like you can post events. It kind of works. It's not great. It doesn't yeah. tell anybody anything. But on my roadmap to fix, they came in and said, we really want to start doing events, but we need to kind of have a way to do it in the community. So it went from down the road on the roadmap to let's get this taken care of as soon right as now. we can. Yeah. So let's go, let's go backwards real quick. Uh, yeah. This is very intriguing. I, I want to kind of 
go back to you joined Sienna. Was that an existing community that had already? Yeah. You know. Okay. So, so talk and, about that. You know, and 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 the kind of stuff you had to go through and figure out and do and the challenges. Yeah. So um, my predecessor uh, Heather was yeah. is an amazing community manager. She's out still out there. She's still working. Very organized. Um, and kind of left things in a good spot um, to pick it up. All the information was there. I just had to find it and, and use it. Yeah. Um, the challenge was is that I didn't always know the processes she had in place and who she worked with in those processes. So during my first year, it was really, I got to figure all this out and where it is and what it is and how it works. And because of that, some of the processes really broke down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, if I could have done anything different to to change that, but it was a failure on my part that these things didn't hold up over time. Um, I don't know if it's a failure, right? Like, it's just well, some of the things you said no. I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and it didn't help that there was a gap. So yeah. she left the company and then three months um, later I was hired. Yeah. So, you know, those processes were breaking down before I got there. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, nobody was doing the, you know, touch bases and check-ins and, and doing what the they CM stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the internal CM stuff uh, within the company. And so it took me a while to kind of get up to speed and get understanding of where things are. Uh, you know, in the time that I'm doing that, I'm also looking at the community and seeing where it can be improved mm-hmm. um, and what changes we can make. So, um, you know, just, you know, what I've been working on is kind of, you know, it's a very much a support community. If you have a question, yeah. you get your answer and you're gone. And that's not very sticky. And I'm going to cough, so excuse me. <clears throat> no worries. And uh, so you you kind of, uh, you know, you want to broaden it beyond that so that it becomes a little more sticky, that there's more content than uh, question, answer, and I'm gone. Uh, you know, you want question and answer and, oh, hey, there's another question that I know about. I'll stay around and answer that. A discussion uh, or something. Or a discussion or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, we had an ideation piece that was built in that, that you know, people could submit ideas and do that yep. with. And that process of, calling, you know, getting those ideas together and submitting them to Steam to look at, that had broken down before I had joined. Um, That's a tough one, man. It's a really yeah. tough one to, to kind of make successful. Yeah, and and so that's one of the things that I'm I, I'm kind of right in the middle of. I've got everything in place. Kind of even today, I got an email that kind of put the last couple of items in place so that I can kind of roll that out to the audience, uh, you know, my my audience, and hopefully be successful with it. Is um, that on the platform, the the ideation, or is it a yeah. separate platform? Okay. No, I'm on Salesforce. If anybody's curious, okay. Salesforce's Experience Cloud used to be Community yep. Cloud. Um, we won't. We won't pick on them for changing the name because they didn't know what to do with Community Cloud, but Experience Cloud makes sense because yeah. um, it's more of an experience than a community sometimes. Um, sorry, oh, Salesforce. Sorry. <laughs> You're the 800-pound gorilla, but it's a little bit of a beast to work with sometimes. It's um, a beast. You know, I don't – like I, I tell folks is – when you look at community platforms, if you want to feel like you have to develop an entire platform, that's basically it. You got to get a partner to do all that. You need a developer in general to kind of manage mm-hmm. at least part-time, you know, to do things that you want. So right, it's, a t- right. it's a tough one. Yeah. When I was on Jive, I was, uh, you know, when, when Jive was, a, yeah, when Jive was a thing, I was a developer on Jive. So okay. if it didn't work, I would build it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Salesforce, I just haven't built up that skill set yet to, to be able to do that. Um, but it's a big anyway, skill set. 
as a community manager to have to yeah. do that too. Well, <laughs> it helps that I started way back when as a web developer. So, that does. Yeah, I mean, when you have that kind of root, it makes it easy to to say, okay, this is broken. Maybe we can fix yeah. it, or this doesn't work the way I want it. Maybe we can change it. Um, a lot of a lot of using community platforms is working around the limitations and and figuring out ways to do the things. So I use not to digress, but I used to use whenever I was at Rexel a company called Telligent. Now they're mm -hmm. bought by um, Variant. And the beauty about that platform is I had a developer that could just go in and do a lot of really cool things, you know, but, you know, the problem is, is, you know, when you upgrade, you can't upgrade, but, um, but you could do some really cool stuff, you know, right. um, and, and I love doing that. So I had a whole roadmap I'd build just for him, you know, and including myself, but it was, it was pretty crazy. So that's the beauty of it. There are down, uh, you know, downfalls to it, especially if he left. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but uh, yeah, so you know, broken down processes, um, yeah. not knowing who my, you know, internal champions were, so to speak. I mean, I knew who my internal champions were, but I didn't really know who my internal contacts were. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a nice long list of people that were helpful in the community. I did not have any idea what they did. Yeah. Uh, or what they were helpful for. It was just like, here's my list of people that helped me in the community or, you know, but it, I didn't have anything that said, here's what they do and here's where their knowledge lies and here's where they can help you. Um, so I had to connect those dots and, you know, it, I had, at least I had a list to begin with. Right. So yeah. it wasn't like I was starting from scratch. I had a place to begin with and I had kind of a, a road I could follow. Um, and so that's pretty much what I've done for the past uh, couple of years. And, you know, we're, we're starting to make changes. It's, it's not, you know, always as fast as we would like, and it's maybe yeah. not always in the way we would like, but, um, you know, we get there, uh, and, and we do what we can, but it's been, it's been a great experience kind of to dig in and pick something up that somebody else built. Yeah. Um, it, it, like I said, it does help that, you know, Heather did a wonderful job, um, of getting it set up and getting it. And, and she went through the, you know, experience of, they were on Jive and they had to move to Salesforce. So okay. she, you know, had built it once, then had to kind of rebuild it again. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of, uh, you know, appreciation for what she did and, and understanding that it wasn't easy. Yeah, so. I mean, I think we all do our best with what we have, one, and, and maybe the things that we know. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just do what you can, you know, sometimes there's limitations like budget and things like that, or, you know, depending on who you're under, there's not as much buy-in or, or whatever, <clears> but is there anything that you would have done, like looking back, you know, do you, is there something that you would say, yeah, I would do this differently? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So, like so what? I waited a little too long to kind of connect internally. Mm -hmm. um, I was more focused on figuring out the processes and how the platform works and, um, you know, what I could change to make improvements that I thought I made. And I did not um, really connect with people internally outside of, you know, my team, my marketing team. Um, and that has kind of put me a little behind the ball, which made, you know, this, when I said the ideas piece, you know, yeah. I needed kind of in, internal stakeholders that could actually influence the ideas, you know, that could say, oh, that's a good idea. Let's, let's see if we can work that into the product. I didn't have those. She did. And I just didn't know you know, who they were. I mean, they were there, um, but I didn't know who was who and what they knew and how they could help. And um, I didn't 
pursue that quickly enough. I should have jumped on that and it might've made things a little easier to implement some of this stuff down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, I could have probably had this ideas piece three months ago if I had already had my ducks lined up for people, you know, that I knew to connect, but, um, you live and learn, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things. I, I would do that, you know, get your internal stakeholders, know who you need to talk to, know who the internal champions are, people who are interested in being in the community as quickly as you can. Um, and then kind of incorporate that into learning the community, how it's laid out, why it's structured the way it is. Um, it didn't help that at the same time I was onboarding, they were in the process of redesigning the look and feel of the website mm. of the community. So there was that going on as well. Uh, so there was just a lot of things in motion and I made choices um, based on what I thought was correct that in hindsight, I know that I probably should have chosen a little different. Yeah, I think I think uh, that internal buy-in, internal relationship building, understanding who does what and and what they're already going through and what they're doing is probably, you know, you hit it right on. I, I think that, you know, uh, when you go into organization, in my mind, the first thing you do is start calling people, right? Like, and start having these 30-minute conversations. It's something I tell people all the time is, when I start an organization, the first thing I do for the next two weeks is I just get on the phone. I have some ideas of who I need to talk to, who I want to talk to, who's already going to be bought in or who's not. Uh, even if I don't know them, I've got specific roles, you know, like I know PM is going to be a big uh, opportunity. I know that, you know, the PS team potentially support, not necessarily, definitely the, you know, so I start talking to those folks and the smart people that are going to help me, but also at that higher level. So I think, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that to me is kind of the key. That way, um, you know, they can bring, hey, I'm doing these things. But the other thing I would tell organizations, though, is that when you hire a community leader, you know, it's making decisions of, you know, especially whenever you uh, start from scratch is platform or redesign or anything like that, like you were talking about, why, don't, why not wait until the community leader is there to help kind of, Dude, that's what they do. That's their jobs, right. you know? Well, I don't know. yeah. You know, sometimes they can't just put stuff on yeah. the wall and go. Um, yeah, no, if it's I mean, already it's going, just, fair enough. You know, like yeah, this, yeah. this community person, uh, Heather, leaves in the middle of the mm -hmm. redesign. I mean, you got to finish it. But, right. Um, you know. And, and, you know, and it's like I said, because of the way that the community structured, this impacted a lot of people. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, the community part of it, but, you know, the support piece of it was making changes. Um, you know, and the knowledge, you know, the knowledge team was going through kind of their own change in that they were going from, you know, more traditional old knowledge to, you know, not the KCS, which is knowledge centered service. Yeah. Um, and so they were doing their own changes. So it wasn't, there was a lot of moving parts and, you know, you, you do what you got to do, uh, to kind of make things flow. Um, and there was another thing. Oh, the other thing that I think I, I learned along the way is, there would be times because I'm not familiar with the platform that I would go to the team that kind of manages the platform. And I would say, can we do this? You know, and they would say. David, you still there? It Something's happening. Oh, there we go. Can you say it again? Oh yeah. About I the... said, yeah. So I would go to them and say, um, can we do this on the platform? And they would look at it as a perspective of, is this possible with the way it is configured today? 
And the reality was, is that if I had said, I wanted to do this, they would have helped me figure out a way. How to go, uh, yeah. And yeah, and that was a communication difference, right? It's me, yeah. me being kind of exploratory and them saying, no, it just doesn't do that. Rather than me being more directive and saying, I would like it if the community could do this, let's figure out how to do it. Um, yeah. And that's something that uh, it took me, it took me a year to figure out uh, that, you know, if I just <laughs> say I way. want it, yeah, the hard way. Uh, if I want this, I just got to say I want this. Um, and that's kind of where we are today. I kind of, instead of, you know, how do we do this um, or can this be done? It's more of, this is what I wanted to do. Let's figure out how to make that happen. That's good. Um, are you, you're on the marketing team? I am. I'm in uh, uh, in the marketing team in a small subsection called digital marketing. Uh, yeah. And that handles everything from uh, advertising, you know, on the web and yeah. emails and the website, the front.com website. Uh, it's probably a really good place. If you're going to be in marketing, that's kind of the best place to be for a community um, because, you know, the .com and the community often kind of leverage each other, you know, so, right. I, you know, and their look and feel and you will typically inform our look and feel. It, you yeah, know, it won't be a one-to-one, but when they make changes, we have to look at it and say, is this something we can incorporate? And, you know, brand guides too. If the brand guide changes, we have to go in and change colors or gradients or whatever we're working on. We've got to keep that in mind. And so marketing usually is the driver of that. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I don't know about your organization, but you know, Mark, I'm in I report to the CMO and our digital kind of piece re- also reports to the CEO. So we're kind of peers uh mm-hmm. in some ways or pretty much. But it's interesting that you brought that up because when you have a support community, for example, the things that you're trying to solve are support like questions. So maybe mm-hmm. it's case deflection or whatever. Um and but marketing cares about the top of the funnel, you know, uh, yep. in most organizations. And maybe they care about the customer or they just care about getting case studies and references and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is, which um, is something the community can help with. Absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely. But, um, but it's hard too, because sometimes for me, it feels like, you know, I care about the customer and I want the customer get, to get the most out of, you know, the product. I want them to adopt it more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Over time, they become more advocates. They, you know, buy more. They, you know, renewals are generally at higher rates whenever you, you know, so there's a lot of really good business, but it's really focused in on that customer base. And when you're in marketing, a lot of times it's hard because there's some of this, right? So you're like, well, we should do some campaigns on our existing customers, maybe an upsell, cross-sell opportunity, you know, and, and mm-hmm. start tracking that kind of stuff. Well, no, we need to look at top of the funnel and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I say all that. And especially with support communities and you're like, hey, you're in a good spot and you probably are. But how about documentation.whatever.com? How about Academy? How about support? You know, the, all those are digital sites too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't really, and I find even at my last organization that they really didn't, and I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but um, but they didn't really see those sites as that important. They think it's important, but that's not something they have to really deal with. And they'll just kind of, throw, you know, hey, we're changing our logo, we're changing this, you know, make sure you do it too, kind of stuff. But I don't know. We, I guess we're pretty cohesive. Um, you know, <clears throat> Sienna is kind of two companies in one. We have Sienna and we have another one called Blue Planet. And it's the same company, but we kind of run independently. And yeah. 
So there's two of everything, but our support is all together. So like, uh, so if you want support, it's all in one portal and you just go there. But when you leave Blue Planet site, uh, you drop into Sienna almost immediately. It's it's Sienna. So what we did is we we created kind of an interstitial so that when you leave Blue Planet on a link there, you land on a page that's still Blue Planet. You're in mm. the community, but it's just kind of a Blue Planet carve out. And then once you leave that that's page, cool. you're into the greater community. Um, and and so that's kind of how we did that. Um, but because of those kind of interconnections, I interface with the um, you know, the the learning team for Blue Planet as well as the learning team for Sienna because yeah. the you know it's they're separate, but they're still together. They're both learning and they share a spot in the community. Um and that that works pretty much with everything. Their marketing team I interface with to help with promoting stuff. So even though I'm not part of them, they you yeah. know interact and and you know knowledge they have a different knowledge team than the Sienna does. Um like I said, support is kind of all the same because it all lands in the same interface uh and to them it doesn't look any different um and then we have customers that are with both right so yeah it just depends but uh i have been very successful in, in kind of putting fingers in all of the separate departments so i have a contact right. when i have a knowledge issue i have support contacts when somebody has a support issue um you know the the um account itself is you know getting registered and getting the accounts is yet another team that you know I have to interface with, uh, and just you know I we we do these meetings where we kind of all get together and we say here's what we're working on here's what we're doing and what's going on and then you know we have yet another meeting that's here's what's going on with the whole of Salesforce not just yeah. community cloud or experience cloud but also what's you know service cloud what's going on with you know, other stuff. And we, we do these kind of meetings so that everybody kind of knows what's going on the same page and we ripple that out. So what happens in there, I'll share with people in my, you know, group. And when we make changes, um, even if it's a different team making a change, and I think it'll be beneficial to people, I'll tell them. So, yeah, you know, it great. just rolls out. Well, David, I know you have, uh, have to get going here shortly, but uh, yeah. definitely th thank you for coming. And this has been really eye-opening to me and really helpful to think about, you know, yeah, it's been fun uh, coming into a community that you're already part of, or that you that you're not starting from scratch, and you have to kind of just start managing and thinking about that. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. You know, the the really the takeaway from this is, uh, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, it's not uh -huh. going to be perfect. Uh, just own them. You know, and not everything will work. So just own that too, and keep <laughs> exactly. trying stuff. You know, uh, you know, just you know. But like I said, own it. You know, if you if you mess up. Just go to somebody and say, all right, I messed up, <laughs> you know, yeah. I made a mistake. And, you know, more than likely they're like, okay, let's see what we can do to fix this uh, and, and move forward. Shit happens, man. Well, yep. thanks for another Peers Over Beers. And thank hey, you, everyone, for coming in. And, David, thanks so much for coming. I'm Chris Detzel and David D. Walton. All right, David, thanks so much. Yeah, take care, man.